Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 6th. Make it a point today to tell someone whom you love, I deeply appreciate you for what you are, for what you have done for others, and for what you have given to me. Never take anyone close to you for granted. A number of years ago, I, I, it, it wasn't because I read this, but it just sort of happened in my life. I, I started feeling this great sense of appreciation, first for one person, then for another, then for another. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of Ananda, which is a worldwide um, organization, so my spiritual family is all over the world. But at that time, we were more geographically together, and I, I was writing especially to old friends from uh, Ananda village where I hadn't lived for a while, and so I was sending a number of letters to people up there. Enough! <laughs> so that someone actually called me and and said that they realized that I was writing all these appreciation letters and they were concerned that I had some kind of a terminal diagnosis. <laughs> and perhaps I was trying to clear the decks karmically because I was about to die. And, and she had been commissioned to find out if I was about to die. <laughs> and of course, as it happened, I wasn't. But it was just an interesting response because why else would I be pouring out my appreciation? Well, because I wanted to. Well, the truth of it is we're always about to die. And I often think to myself, I like the phrase I like to use is, I like to stay karmically current. You know, I have an inclination if I owe people money, I like to pay it right away. If there's something that I've promised to do for someone, I, as much as possible, I like to do it right away. I don't like to have unfulfilled promises out there. It's something over time. I used to be a terrific procrastinator and I didn't behave like this at all. I'm going to stop because that word procrastination is fun. Okay, I, I'm going to just hold that thought. We have a, a Ananda in this area where I live. We have a bookstore. It's called East West Book, Bookshop. And in addition to selling books and gifts and things that are uplifting to consciousness, all kinds of things, we have lots of events many of the authors whose books we sell, we also sponsor them. We have always sponsored them in-store. Now we sponsor them on the internet, so anybody in the world can tune into what used to be local events. And But when it was in person, our room wasn't that large, so you had to make reservations, because sometimes we would sell out and not everyone could come. So somebody was uh, scheduling a talk, and it was like... Uh, 36 hours before the program, and the, the speaker called up to ask, um, you know, how many people have registered? So the store manager went and he looked up in the book, and he said, um, just one or two, you know, but you're well known, it should be better. And what turned out is, the person was an author on the subject of procrastination. <laughs> So 36 hours before the event, almost no one had registered. But in fact, by the time of the event, it was very a very full room. 
<laughs> so the manager said, well, you know your people. That's really what it was. It was just, it was too absurd. Okay. So I used to be a procrastinator. I used to just, if, it, if, if, it was, if I was asked to do it today, I would do it three weeks later for reasons that I no longer remember, but it made sense to me at the time. That's all I can say. But as I have gained more self-mastery is actually the right word, more ability to direct my energy and to concentrate, I tend to just, and I think of it, I like to stay karmically current. If I owe somebody a conversation, if somebody wants to talk to me, when people call and ask to talk to me, I try to say, how about now? I mean, it's not always possible, but my first response is to look at, you know, when I'm going to have an hour free, the next hour that I'll have free. Fortunately, my life is my own and I can mostly do it. If now is the time, let's, you know, let's just do it now. Now, above all things, what we really want to do is we want to keep our relationships positive and fresh. And we don't want to have lingering, unexpressed, um, especially positive things. Recently, um, in, in the spiritual community in which I live, uh, someone uh, died suddenly. There was no long illness. <clears throat> it, it could have been... It was, it, it, it's not clear exactly what it was, but the person... Excuse me, it's not totally mysterious, but it just happened quite suddenly. You know, there was a seizure and then the person just passed like that. And of course then, even in the midst of this pandemic, we managed to bring um, the most, the small group of people, family and closest friends together to have a ceremony uh, outdoors. And um, of course, everybody was saying the most beautiful, touching things about the person involved because we were. That was how we all felt. And of course, the obvious thing is, I hope he knew before he died how much everybody loved and admired him. And because it has been my life experience to be present for quite a few what we call astral ascension ceremonies, which would be the equivalent of a funeral, but we're really celebrating the soul's ascension into the next level of existence. And I don't, it's not so much that they're, they're automatically progressing. I don't mean that. Death itself does not, death itself is not a free ride into a higher state of consciousness. But the non-physical world is a more subtle realm than the material world. So we tend to think of it as an ascension. We ascend from the material to the energetic plane, which is the astral world. And then, of course, we descend back to the material plane, assuming we have desires that can only be worked out in a material world. That's what causes us to reincarnate. If you desire to um, own something material, I want that fancy new car, I want to have um, jewelry, I want to have a beautiful body, I want to eat apple pie, I want to smoke cigarettes, I want to drink alcohol... I want to have, have physical sex. I want to reproduce a child and raise it. These are things that you have to be in the material world in order to do. And if, those, if you die from your physical body without those desires being completely fulfilled, what happens is very simple. You just get to do it again. And that's why we, we come and we go and we come and we go. And one of the 
one of the, there's two fundamental realities that endure through all of this. One is our inner relationship with God, and the other is our relationship with other people. The, there, we, we develop these bonds of, of spiritual family, where, where our, our true kindred spirits, who are united in aspiration uh, for higher consciousness, and united in that we share, we have a shared pathway to that higher consciousness, which gives us uh, an everlasting bond, actually, because we are working and walking together all the way from delusion to freedom. And those relationships are exceedingly important, and they transcend one incarnation. They transcend from this incarnation to the next, to the next, to the next. And keeping karmically current with those relationships is the the second most important duty that we have compared to keeping inwardly in right relationship to God. Now, it's not always possible to resolve relationships with people. Either I myself am not free enough to be able to transcend whatever is blocking my pure love for someone, or they're not free enough. I can resolve it. Now, that, actually, I have to say that fairly. I don't have to wait until you are ready, and you don't have to wait until I am ready, because you are the symbol of what I don't understand in myself, such as you could actually betray me, and therefore I have to suffer. You may actually have betrayed me, but your betrayal in itself does not have to cause me to be angry or hurt. The decision to be angry or hurt is completely within my control, depending on whether or not I want to be a victim, feel like somebody can actually do something to me, or whether I can expand to the point where I can understand that it's not me you have betrayed, it's yourself you have betrayed. Because you have behaved in such a way that you have acted against your own higher nature, and therefore, inevitably, you will have to suffer to learn compassion so that you will realize that following your own higher nature is the most important thing for you to do. Incidentally, I had the karma to also learn a lesson. And my lesson is to realize that nothing comes to me except that it's the grace of God. And as I said, that what I should feel for the person who participated in my karma, which is how I think about it, you didn't cause it, but you participated in it because you activated a delusion in me that I am vulnerable and my happiness is dependent on how other people behave, and that rather than being compassionate for, for your inevitable suffering because of the suffering you've inflicted on me, I'm angry at you. And I imagine that if I just stay angry at you, that somehow I'll accomplish something I want. Swamiji points out that you can project anger towards someone and they'll get some of it. If your mind is strong, they'll get some of it, and they'll feel a negative force, and it won't be happy for them. But the origin point of that negativity <clears throat> is much more powerful than the object of that negativity. And therefore, 
I will experience negativity much more powerfully than the person I direct it to, then my vibration will become negative. So who will suffer? I will suffer. So the point being, I could transcend all of these delusions and you could still be acting them all out, but I won't have to face it again because there'll be nothing in me that will resonate with that. And if you have something to learn, you'll work it out with somebody else, which, as Swami put it, may be a stand-in for me, but it doesn't involve me anymore. I'm free of this. So this is the very complicated flow of karma that we work with, which is why... But sometimes, this is what I was starting to say, sometimes I'm just not ready. I'm, I'm not able. I can see it all in principle, but in fact, the hurt is too deep and the vritti is too strong. So this is why we reincarnate over and over again. But as much as possible. And it has to be sincere because God is not fooled. You can write the fanciest letter of forgiveness, and if you don't really mean it, it won't make a whit of difference. In fact, sometimes it'll make it worse because of the hypocrisy of it or the self-deception involved. So in order to stay karmically current, you have to be absolutely honest which requires a sincere and humble introspection. And then you have to be honest about what you can really face. This woman came to me. She, um, she had a, a, a service that she offered, which was, which was also of value to me and, and to me and to some of my friends. And so we, we made a trade. Every time she came to me for counseling, I would, uh, she would offer her an hour of her service as well, and it was wonderful. We worked with that for a while. But she sat down with me and she was involved in the most complicated, might have been a love triangle even at that point, or it was just a romantic situation. It was just such a mess. Very complicated. I would like to become completely karmically free of this situation. I said, well, you're going to have to find another counselor because I can't do that for you. (laughs) My first thought was, oh, I'm going to get a lot of hours of her time because this is going to take us forever. But it just wasn't possible. I said, we can progress it. It's possible that we can progress it, but no, you're not going to become completely free. It's just you're too bound at this point. However, every single place that we can make progress, we should do our best to make progress. And that's what Swamiji is suggesting here. Don't, don't leave loving thoughts unexpressed. Don't fail to reach out to people when you can. Among other things, the, the channel is blessed with that which flows through it. And the more we concentrate on goodness and gratitude, the more we ourselves literally become goodness and gratitude. And when you flow with your strengths... Often the, the river of grace that's flowing with your, with your strengths also washes away some, the, some of the dirt of your limitations. So don't worry about what you can't do. Just put full energy into what you can do. And you'll see the change in your life can be remarkable. So Swami says, Make it a point today to tell someone whom you love, I deeply appreciate appreciate you for what you are, for what you have done for others, and what you have given me. Never take anyone who is close to you for granted. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. 
blessings and thank you.